0: Amen, amen, amen. Well, we are continuing in our series of the Epistle of John. The epistles of John. And so we uh, have started off with the first, second, and third book of John. And uh, it has been a wonderful, enriching time together. And I uh, hope that you are connecting. Uh, for those of you that are in grace groups, I hope you are growing and uh, iron sharpening iron with one another. Uh, and I know it is a great time when we can all gather together as brothers and sisters and dive deeper into the Word of God. And so that's the purpose of this series Let's allow each and every one of us to be unified as we go deeper together. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to 1 John chapter 4. We're going to go to chapter 4. Uh, chapter 4, we're going to start here at verse uh, f- uh, 7. and We're going to start at verse 7, 1 John chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 7, and it reads as this in the New Living Translation. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is what? Love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Everybody shout real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. Verse 11, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Let's pray together. Father, we ask, God, that as we dive into your word, God, that you speak to our hearts, God, that you will uh, breathe on this word, God, that as we leave from this place, we would never be the same. The Holy Spirit, have your way. It is in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we're in this part four of this series, I would like to tag this title of this text, No God, No Love, No God, No Love. So, so I know we've probably seen that on a t-shirt, O. No God, N O, love. But then there is no God, K N O W, God. Then there is no God, K N O W. So the reality is uh, when we know God, we will know his love. You know, I, I, my wife and I, we love watching TV. How many of y'all watch Lifetime, the the TV channel? How many of y'all watch Lifetime? Okay, okay. Some of y'all have cable. Some of y'all have able. Like I had. Whatever you're able to get, that's what you watch. So, uh, uh, that that. So, 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 uh, we we love watching a Lifetime. And uh, for the past two years, for the past two years, every Wednesday evening. You'll catch my wife and I sitting on our couch watching this TV show called Married at First Sight. How many of you have ever heard of this show, Married at First Sight? Okay, we're going to connect, okay? Uh, I see you back out, out, but we're going we're gonna to talk about that together. Uh, yeah, yeah, Married at First Sight. And th- this show is all about uh, relationship experts pairing three to five couples together who agreed to get married when they first meet at the altar. I know that's scary, isn't it? And so, so, so after, after they say, I do, the couple then spends their wedding night in a hotel, then they go for a honeymoon, and then they return home, and they live together as a married couple for the remainder of eight weeks. Thereafter, they must choose to divorce or stay married. Well, one thing I've noticed about these couples is that I find it very fascinating because the first time they meet at the altar, and then the next minute, you hear them saying that they love each other. I'm thinking to myself, y'all don't even know each other. You just met each other at the altar for the first time. How do you love each other? Now, as the show moves on, I begin to learn and assess that what they were experiencing was not love. It was just infatuation because the reality is they ended in divorce. So the question is, can you love at first sight? And my answer to you is yes, because I have learned and have had hands-on experience that when you know God, you will experience his love at first sight. Because he has a love that's like no other man or no other woman can ever give. As we reflect upon our text today, we see that, that, that we notice here in 1 John that he is talking about loving in chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, and now in chapter 4, he's always talking about loving, loving your neighbor, loving one another, and that is the crux of what he's simply showing us, that he's saying, if you, if you know God, you will know his love. So, so the first point I want to share with you today is that God is love. Everybody shout, God is love. Everybody shout, God is, "God is love!" y'all sound good this morning. The, the, the world's culture has seen to show us or try to uh, define what this word "love is. And many of us, we can all attest that we use this word very loosely. When we go to the store, especially my wife at Target, she says, "Oh, I love this, Oh I, I love this, Oh, I love this!" Oh, I think a little writing, would love this." When we, when we go out to dinner, I, I, I love this food. And so my wife knows I'm a very picky eater. So when we go out to, the, to, to certain restaurants, my wife's like, okay, Rodney, I know you're going to love this. I know you're not going to love this. When, when you're at home, you may say, well, I love this song or I love this movie. We use the word love very loosely. We, we, we grew up learning that love is a verb, and because verb are action words, I, I, as I continue to grow in the faith, I learned that love is not just an action word. Because if we reduce love to mere action, we will miss what love is, really is. Love is only a verb uh, in, 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 in some sense, but in the reality, in this text, we see that it is a now because love is a person. While love can be action, love is a noun because the apostle John says, God is what? He's love. Our text says in verse seven, he says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love, know God, uh, excuse me, for anyone who does not love does not know God for God is what? He's love. Now, this is very interesting that the text does not say that God is loving. The text says that God is love. The text does not say God is loving. The text says God is love. It is not, uh, it is not that God is the essence of love or the spirit of love. He is the ex- He's not the, the extreme example of love or the personification of love or the epitome of love. He is love. Everybody shout, he is love. And because of this, we see that his actions are based on his love and his character and nature is based on his love the entire passage found in 1 John chapter 4 through verse 21 speaks of God's loving nature. God is not merely just an attribute of God, it's a part of the very makeup of God. God is not merely loving at the core, He is love. And God alone is in complete and imperfection of love. So if we know God, we will know his love. And the absence of love in our lives reveals the absence of fellowship with God. Let me say that one more time. I said that the absence of love in our lives reveals the absence of fellowship with God. It is only through fellowship with God that we know him and we spend time with him and we continue to learn how much he loves us. Because the reality is uh, no human mind can fathom or understand the totality of the love of God. 1 John four sixteen says, we know how much God loves us and we put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. You know, designer clothes are known for their trademark or designs. You know, if you would go to Tommy Hilfiger or Ralph Lauren, you would know uh, that is their particular clothing line based upon the trademark. You know that this, you know, if a police officer is a police officer based upon their attire. You know, a doctor is a doctor based upon their attire at the hospital. You know, a, 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 a judge is a judge based upon their attire. God has sent forth something that is very evident, that when we're close to God, people should be able to see based upon our attire that we are children of God. What is the attire that we love? That we love one another. God is love, and all who love God and live in him are those who are continuing to be perfected in that love. So, So what are you saying? When we love ourselves, it's an indication that we know God. When we love others, it's an indication that we know God. And if we lack lack love, the question is, do we really know God? And some of you may ask, well, if God is loving, why does bad things happen to good people? And people have wrestled, theologians have wrestled with this tension between loving God and the reality of evil. the, the, The loving God and the reality of bad things. Well, When I think through this tension, my mind goes back to John 11 when Jesus was with his best friend Lazarus. And in one minute, once he leaves him, the Bible says why he was distant from his friend, the Bible says that he was getting sick and he died. Jesus began to get word and word and word and word and word about his friend Lazarus getting sick and dying. But the Bible shows us that Jesus did not go. Jesus loved his friend Lazarus, but he waited for him to die. Now, after a couple of days, Jesus then comes to Lazarus' tomb, and he's deeply moved and begins to cry. Lazarus' sister said, if you would have come a little bit early, he would not have died. But Jesus says something so very interesting. He said, this sickness would not lead to death, but it's for the glory of God that he might be revealed. He stood at the tomb of his friend, and then he commanded his friend to come out of the tomb. You know, my brothers and sisters, it's very interesting because biblical perspective encourages us to reject the idea that if God loves us, he cannot intend for us to suffer. Time and time again, we see those who are chosen by God, they suffer. There's even one particular example. There's a man by the name of Jesus Christ who suffered for you and for me. God loved him so much, but he hung on the cross for you and for me and he died. But I'm so glad I have some wonderful, wonderful news from the Bible. The Bible tells me in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, For all these light afflictions, which is buffer for a moment, working far so exceeding eternal weight of glory. Romans 8:18 8, says, For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. What are you saying, Pastor Rodney? God is saying, I love you so much that I, when you go through things on your life, God said, I'm going to reveal myself in your situation, but God says what you go through is like compared to what I have in store for you in glory. Our text says in verse seven, dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. Verse nine, he says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. So not only does he remind us that God is love, he also reminds us that God loves us. Everybody shout, God loves me. Everybody shout, God loves me. You know, no love is more than a feeling. It's a decision and a commitment. You know, many people, one of the things about marriage at first sight, one of the things I hear very regularly, they say, uh, uh, when they talk to the counselors, they say, I really don't feel in love with the person. I don't feel the sparks. I don't feel the excitement. I come to tell you after two years of marriage, let me tell you something. Love is a decision and a commitment. That's what Jesus said to you. Jesus says, I love you because I'm committed to you. Love of God is not only a decision and commitment, but love is unconditional. I praise God that my wife loves me in the midst of all my mess. But you know, that's one, that's one great thing. But can you imagine a God who loves you in spite of the things that you did, seen and unseen? God says, I love you, unconditional. God is love, and his love is very different from human love. God's love is unconditional and it's not based on my feelings and my emotions. His love doesn't just love us because we feel good at one moment or not. He says, I created you and I want to have a loving relationship with you. You know, anyone can comprehend conditional love, but can you comprehend unconditional love? I don't think so. It seems that that type of love is a love that parents have for their children is so close to unconditional love. And because the reality is we continue to love our children through the good times and the bad times. We don't start loving them even if they don't meet our expectation. We make the choice to love them because they are our children and no one else can take that place. God says, I love you. But, 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 but as, I, as I look through the text, there's some things I learned about God's love for us. The first thing I learned about his love is that his love is visible. Everybody shout his love is visible. Yeah, his love is visible. God's love is always revealed. If you ever have invisible love, that is a love that's not real. 1 Corinthians 13 says, love is patient, love is kind, it is not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it doesn't keep no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices in the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves, love never fails. That's the visible action of love. But, but not only is love visible, love is also, it shows us that it is an act of will. The Bible shows us that God sent his son. He, he shows us that to love someone requires a decision. Jesus says, hey, I'm going to, God says, I'm going to send my son so you can live. But, but not only is love an act of will, but love is also sacrificial. It, it, it cost God to send his only son. He didn't throw you his leftovers. He provided us with his best. And if we possess love without embracing inconvenience and being willing to give up your rights, you really don't understand God's love. God says, I'm going to, to put my son out there so that you might have eternal life. John 15 says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. Greater love than no one than this. He would lay down his life for a friend. But but not only that, not only that, the the next thing I learned about God's love for us is that God's love serves the unlovable. Let me say that one more time. God's love serves the unlovable. It's it's not that we loved God, but that he loved us. We hated God because we were foolish. We were rebelling against the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Nevertheless, he said, I love you. Look at the text, look at the text. He says in verse 10, he says, this is real love. This is real love, that we did not love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. Can I say that again? Look at the text. This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. You know, my brothers and sisters, worldly love teaches us that if you, you got to give in order for me to give you love, in, in, in order for me to, to be able to do something for you, you got to do something for me. But God said, that's not what love I, I have for you. God said, in moments of your life where you did not love me, when you did not express your love for me, God says, I still loved you. And I sent my son. The, the very thing that's precious to me. I love y'all, but I won't get my son for y'all. But God says, I love you so much and he loved me so much that he sacrificed his son to die on the cross for our sin. And you may say, well, Pastor Rodney, I feel like I've been unlovable because I, I haven't had a mother and a father in my life to love me. My Bible tells me that when my mother and my mother forsake me, my father and my mother forsake me, God will take care of me. What does that mean? God will give you his love. So, so, so not only does, does he say, I, 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 I want you to understand that, 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 I, that God is love and that he loves you. Lastly, since God loves us, we should all to love others. Look at the text of verse 11. He says, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. My brothers and sisters, God has called us to love one another. What does love look like? To love somebody who doesn't look like you, who doesn't believe what you believe. Jesus hung out with sinners. Are we willing to sit at the table with sinners and still love you? It is is true. I I love the sinner, but I don't love the sin. I can love you and not condone what you're doing. Because the Bible shows us that when I love someone, I am revealing to that particular person God's love for them. This this message has been very, very, very convicting for me. Asking this question in my own mind, Rodney, how have you been loving other people? Could could, could I do a better job of loving other people? Yes. Could you do a better job of loving people? Yes. We would never be able to get to that perfect place of loving others. But every day we can strive and strive and strive to do it better. John 13 says, A commandment I give to you, love one another as I've loved you, so you also must love one another. By this, everyone would know that you are a disciple If you love one another, first John three says, dear friends, let us love with our words or speech, but also with action and truth. Ephesians four says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. God has called us to love. I'm going to let you, let you all in, in on this, and I hope my wife is okay with me sharing this. So our, our son is teething, our son is teething, and so uh, uh, we're now give, we have to give him some Tylenol to help him soothe himself. And so uh, our son does not like, uh, we tried every single way there is. We've looked up every single way to give your child Tylenol. And, 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 and our son, he was screaming, hollering, and in the moment, my son felt discomfort. He didn't like it. And yesterday I got in my feelings. And I was like, my son thinks I'm hurting him. This is going on in my mind. Does he think I really love him? This is what happened in my mind yesterday. Does he, does he think I really love him? And then my wife has a has a song. And it goes like this, mommy and daddy love you so much. How much? So much. How much? So much. Mommy and daddy loves you so, so much. And she started singing it in the background. I'm like, God, I know my child loves me. Because later on, he, he, was, he was asking for me. You know what, my brothers and sisters, I come to tell you that God loves you so much. That you never have to question if God loves you. God said, you're my child. I love you. And I sent my son to die on the cross for you. That's real love. Because when we know God, we will know his love. A love that no one else can give you. The truth of the matter is that people really knew our background, our history. And people would not try to love us. but we serve a God who's seen the seen and the unseen things and said, I love you with an everlasting love. Every eye closed. There may be somebody here today who says, Pastor Rodney, I, I want to feel the love of God, but I really don't know him. If you're here today and you want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, let me tell you something. This will be love at first sight. If you're here today and you want to have a relationship with Jesus and you want to get to know him in, the, in your heart, all you have to do is extend yourself out to him and embrace his love. Repeat this prayer after me. Father, I come in need of Jesus. I recognize that I'm a sinner and I did not love you first. But you love me first. That you sent your son that died on the cross for my sin and rose again with all power in his hand. Today, I accept that love. I accept your son in my life. And today, I believe I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. Can we give God praise for all those who made that decision this morning? Amen. Every eye close, every eye close. I want to pray for those in this room who have experienced hurt in your life. I'm not going to get into the specifics. Who's experienced hurt in your life where you find it hard to love and also receive love. Every eye close, every eye close. If that's you, if you can raise your hand for me. If you say, Pastor Rodney, I have found it hard to love in order to receive love. I see your hands. I see you you can put your hands down. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I come in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, God, for that love that you gave to us through your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you, God, that you loved us in spite of everything we have done. So, Father, I come and I pray for each person that raised their hand, that, have, that are wrestling with receiving love and giving love. God, I ask, God, that your love will come and it will come like a rushing mighty wind. That, God, that you will come, God, that you will heal the places in their heart, God, that where they've been hurt, God, that where they have been rejected. God, I ask, God, that you come and heal that place in their hearts with your love in the name of Jesus. God, allow them to receive a love that like no other can give. God, ask God that you will break up the hardened ground in their heart, God, and soften it up with your love. God, that you will send people around them, God, to show them what true love is. God, that they will be in a posture to receive that love. And God, we ask God that in the moment, God, as they are in this place of practicing to give love, God, reveal to them, God, that you love them. And that they will be able to give that love based upon the love that you've given to them. And so, Father, we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise is in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give God a shout of praise? Amen. Amen. If you know God, you'll be able to know his love. Well, as you get ready for your your grace groups this week, please dive into the the questions and and do life together because I believe we're better together because we do life together, amen? Amen, well, we look forward to seeing you all next week. Come comfortable, come excited because we have family and friends day. Uh, Get ready for all the kids to have a sugar high. We're gonna have fun. Invite your family, invite your friends, invite your frenemies, invite them on out as we celebrate a risen savior, amen? Amen, God bless you, see you next week.